Welcome in. It's the No House Advantage NFL, specifically Thursday night strategy show. Myself, Greg Ehrenberg, are here, courtesy of NAJ, and Tyler is producing. We'll take all of your questions, thoughts, concerns, over-unders, as you know the name of the game here, for No House Advantage, specifically on Thursday night. And it's not your typical Thursday night game by any means, as we're going to dive right into it, bounce around different positions, and get the best plays for you from building your slips seven points all the way down to one but greg has mentioned this is not even as it was billed on the schedule a week ago as we have cleveland decimated by injury and even the broncos dealing with some injury on their side at least playing through most of it always a pleasure my friend and here we are kind of challenged to go through and build the best slip especially with one team being down pretty heavily yeah. By the way, also speaking of injuries, one of my one of my contacts and I was starting to fall out. So we're all playing. We're all playing oh, shorthanded. No. We're all playing shorthanded. Now. I can only see out of one eye. But but that it's really fitting for Thursday night football. But I mean, you yes. say that it's you say that it's not the normal Thursday night football slate. I I, I disagree just from the standpoint of it's a wonky game that it seems like weird results are going to happen which that's that's the true nature of what Thursday night football is. So we never know exactly how it's going to get there. But today it's just going to be Broncos. Browns, everybody dealing with a ton of injuries, the Browns in particular. So this is a game that if it happened, I don't know, two weeks ago, what do you, would the Browns be favorable, like six and a half points or something in this game if this happened two weeks ago? Yeah, I would think so. Uh, definitely. If, if you look at a healthy Nick Chubb, a healthy Kareem Hunt, even a healthy Baker Mayfield who's not blowing doors off by any means, just the fact that you had those three guys intact, especially the lifeblood of the Browns offense, Denver is Denver. I think we all know Teddy Bridgewater's limitations may be a little surprising that they laid down last week against the Raiders after the first quarter. But yeah, I'm with you. I think we would see a six, six and a half point line if all things were equal and everybody's healthy. Which, of course, is uh, not the case. And never one, one of the one of the definite pitfalls of having a game on Thursday after teams play on Sunday. And there's only a few games of rest in between. So. That's yeah, we're right. gonna have to. We're we're gonna have to talk about some of the players that are available. Some notes about No House Advantage. First of all, is that if you play a player who is not playing today, and you take the or tomorrow because the game's on Thursday, if you take an under on somebody who's not in, you don't automatically win that. It's it's a loss. Anybody who is not in the who's not in the game that is inactive that you roster that they don't it, it doesn't count as a zero. That's that's a loss for right. the prop you took. So don't take any props on any players who are not in the game. Uh, and also, Aton, what kind of deposit bonus could these guys get if they play over at no ass advantage? Up to $25 on your first deposit. Just use our promo code AWESOMO. I know people are getting used to that. That's the promo code that usually opens up every single door that we have for you. We're going to match your first deposit up to $25. And a lot of these contests, you think, oh, only $25. No, no, no. A lot of these contests, $5, $10 entry, you can get in multiple entries right away with that $25. And then again, we're going to match it so you're up to 50 bucks on that first deposit, courtesy of us, Greg. Courtesy of you. It actually comes right out of my pocket. There's they, no, no house of engine invoices me, and I have, to, I have to send them quarters in the mail. I hear that awesome offsets your pay, though. So you're rolling in it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's actually, I actually, I actually lost. It's, it's a net negative because I have to pay. I have to pay out all of the deposit bonuses out of my, out of my pay here. I, I don't, I don't even, I, I have to pay money to be on YouTube. See, John 06938, that's not coming from NHA. That's coming right from Ehrenberg's bank account. Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> All right, let's look at this, man. So this is a great point, by the way, that you raise. 
because Baker Mayfield is available on this slate here for NHA. But as Greg just told you, you now know you can't play him and that there's no underplay here. You're not going to get ahead of the book. Let's look, though, at Teddy Bridgewater. We have three options here to choose from with Bridgewater, Greg. Let's start with his passing yards at 245 and a half, which on the surface seems a little high for Teddy. Yeah, I think so. If you look at the projections we have over at awesome.com on the NFL projected stats page, we have Bridgewater projected for 238.8 passing yards. And I think there's also something we really have to consider here is the absence of Baker Mayfield. That shouldn't really impact Teddy Bridgewater's passing yards. If you just think about it from the standpoint of he's the quarterback on the other team, but here's why it does. I think we're going to see a situation now with Case Keenum as the quarterback for the Browns, a lot of short pass attempts, even without Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb in the mix, I think we're going to see a lot of rushing of rushing attempts from the backup running backs. This is what I expect to be a very slow-paced game. I just don't think there's going to be a whole lot of plays in that in this game. We've seen the total dropping, and I haven't seen what it is yep. recently, but it was trending towards 40 the last I looked, which makes sense due to all the injuries on the Cleveland side of the game. And this is going to be a run-heavy approach by both teams where the quarterbacks are not going to be taking chances and throwing downfield. And we're just going to see less plays in the game, less less opportunities for for players to pick up counting stats. So give me the under here on Teddy Bridgewater. The 245 and a half does look a little bit high. Totals at 41 and a half, just over that key number. But as you're right, it's been trending downwards. And it's also Thursday, short week. Even high-powered offenses have been slowed just a little bit on a Thursday night. So that's low, even if you when you built in, I should say, the fact that it's a short week and neither one of these offenses are, are really geared for anything. The touchdowns a little more interesting for me because I, I'm with you. It seems as close to a slam dunk as we'll have to go under the yardage for Bridgewater. His passing touchdowns, however, Greg, on NHA one and a half might be a pathway to an over there. What are your thoughts? It's about fair. And then something else to consider here also that we talk about on uh, the Wednesday show, we talk about the no house advantage slates is you can only take one prop per player. Also, it'd be really easy Correct. to say like, hey, I'm going to take the over for Teddy Bridgewater's passing yards and the over for his touchdowns because he has a big game. He, he's going to hit both. We can only pick one. And at least in our projections, a very, very slight lean towards the under for touchdowns. Nothing really significant. Uh, but if I had to take one of these numbers, I would lean more towards the under on the passing yards than the touchdowns. And so when I look at the, at the touchdowns for me, it's probably a number that I just don't really want to touch. The interceptions, last one to look at with Bridgewater. And again, no case Kadem, Baker Mayfield's out. So if you want to play a quarterback prop, this is it. And as Greg has, has mentioned, as, as we continue to tell you here, the beauty of what we're doing on Osimo is that we have our own projections that you can then match up with everything you get at NHA. And a lot of times there's a pretty big window where you can sneak in and get a good play here. I don't know if that's the case. It's only a half interception. You only need one. But Teddy's not a guy who is reckless with the football by any means. You know, it's weird because if you look at Teddy Bridgewater at the start of the season when the Broncos are winning games, he was not turning the ball over at all. Uh, it's been an issue for him the last couple of weeks. So first four games of the year, zero interceptions thrown by Teddy Bridgewater. And that has not been the case at all the last two games. Where we've seen Teddy Bridgewater throw four interceptions. Last week, three picks against the Raiders. The week before that, he was intercepted once by the Steelers. This is the first interception he's thrown this entire season. Uh, a little concerning the way that that is trending. Also, when you consider a possible factor in there is that Teddy Bridgewater has been a little bit banged up as of late. He's been dealing with injuries of his own. Obviously not the same situation where it's going to hold him out of the game like it is with Baker Mayfield. 
But still, a guy who's not totally 100%, he's playing on a short week. I think the over 0.5 interceptions is something to consider for a guy who's thrown four interceptions the last two weeks. The question then just becomes, are we more confident in the over for the interceptions or the under for the passing yards? I lean a little bit more towards under for passing yards. All right, let's move to the running back position here, Greg, and slim pickings for a lot because of what's happened, right? We know both guys on Cleveland are out. We're not getting anything from a backup capacity. I was a little surprised, however, that there's only Melvin Gordon to choose from, but that's not a negative because that may make it a little easier for people to kind of pick something here that makes sense for Gordon. Let's start. There are only two here for Gordon. And as Greg mentioned, you can only choose one, the rushing yards, 55 and a half for Gordon on that number. We know Javante Williams is going to be involved just over 50 yards for Gordon, 55 and a half. Does that jump out at you as a possible over? Uh, I would lean towards the under just in general, because I think this game is going to be really low scoring. So I think we want to take advantage of as many unders as we can. But what is what is the other prop there for uh, for Melvin Gordon at 0.5 rushing touchdowns? Yes, a half a rushing touch. I think that's going to be the theme, a half a rushing touchdown for Gordon. I I don't know as as much as you only need one to your point about being low scoring. It seems like you're, you're pretty much hitting a lottery at that point with a Denver player. Yeah. So I really like the under for Melvin Gordon on the, on the touchdowns there. And I I like the under to an extent on the rushing yards as well, but I feel much better about the touchdowns just in a game where we're only expecting there to be a handful of touchdowns. Like you said, the total is barely over 40 for this game. If we're only looking at three or so touchdowns for the Broncos, which even then that could be a stretch. We could be talking about two, two touchdowns, then some field goals added to the mix. It's just how likely is it that Melvin Gordon is going to be that guy? Probably not really. And then also consider this is specifically rushing touchdowns. If he catches a screen pass and runs it for a touchdown, yes. that's still a loss. And he hasn't scored a touchdown in each of the last three weeks. The first couple of games of the season, he was able to pick up uh, rushing touchdowns in two of the first three games. But consider the matchups that Melvin Gordon had. The first three weeks of the season, he played the Giants, the Jaguars, the Jets. Those were all games with terrific game scripts for a running back. The last three weeks, he played the Ravens, the Steelers, the Raiders, all games that the Broncos lost, and he struggled to get going. Even with all of the injuries the Browns are dealing with in this spot, they're still the favorites in this game. And I don't think that sets up very well for Melvin Gordon to be running the ball a ton in the second half of the game. So uh, I like the under on the rushing touchdowns for Melvin Gordon. We have him projected for point two. Uh, 0.24 rushing touchdowns or 0.25, which once again, that is, uh, I I feel much better about going under 0.5 than than the over. I think it's, he's much more likely going to not score a touchdown this game on the ground than he is to score a touchdown. I didn't mean to jump in. I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't a contact issue, the difference between the four and the five. So I'm there for you, brother. (laughs) Uh, And and here's the thing. As we build these slips and, and people are paying attention, getting the advice, you know that we start or maybe you don't. You start at seven points with what you're most confident in and you can build all the way down to one. Or maybe you build it the opposite where you go with something that you're not as confident all the way up to your confidence plays. It sounds like and I'm just guessing based on your tone so far halfway through the show that this is one of your stronger. This may be a seven or six point play for you under the half a touchdown for Melvin Gordon. Yeah, for sure. One of my most confident picks on the entire board. And the other thing also is there's so few players here. It's not like other slates where I've done the show with Eric for previous weeks leading up to the week that 
but luckily we got them off. We get to do with you now. Much, much, you know, keep, keep this between us. So this is a much preferred. Situation. See, I know you're not even joking at that. <laughs> no, no, this right. is a much, much. You don't much have to worry about me slipping anything out, by the way. So you're no, good. There. No, I, but I, I trolled them pretty good yesterday, by the way. But that, uh, that aside, nice. um, it, there's, there's only so many players to choose from. We almost have to take one prop from every active player here. We have no running backs to pick from from Cleveland. Dearness Johnson, Demetric Felton, neither of them are in the player pool for this game. And then when you talk about the quarterbacks here, Case Keenum is not in the player pool because the contest came out prior to Baker Mayfield getting ruled out. So we we can't really pick and choose here. It's kind of got to be who is your favorite prop for each player. And yeah, Melvin Gordon amongst the ones that are available is definitely one of my more confident plays. So let's move to wide receivers. Now it opens up where we actually have a bunch of guys to choose from five specifically. We'll hit the tight ends on the way out. Let's keep it with Denver. Then we'll bounce back to Beckham and, and kind of go in order, if you will. And you want to keep it as far as teams three from Denver two from Cleveland. Cortland Sutton is going to be the big one here. 70 and a half receiving yards, five and a half reception. So if you look at kind of the combined props you can choose from with Sutton, do either of those jump out at you as a play? Uh, you know, these are pretty efficient. But once again, I think that when we're looking at the overall game script that we're playing this game for, if we're taking the under on, on rushing yards or under on rushing touchdowns from Melvin Gordon, if we're taking the under on passing yards for Teddy Bridgewater, it makes sense to correlate the under with Cortland Sutton's receiving yards with him. You just think of it from this standpoint. If Cortland Sutton ends up going over his receiving yards, it's it's a little bit more likely that Teddy Bridgewater will ultimately go over his passing yards. So just from the standpoint of trying to optimize our lineups to have as much correlation as possible, I'm going to take the under for Cortland Sutton's receiving yards, even if it's a fairly efficient line, just because it makes sense with the uh, with the numbers that we're looking on Bridgewater. And then one other thing before I kick it back to you, uh, Premium Ulta, Utah, I see your question in the uh, in the YouTube chat, but you have to tell me which Williams it is because there are right. a lot of, there's a lot of Williams in the NFL. So I don't know which player it is that you're considering starting or setting. Absolutely. that That's a big thing here. And to your point and to your credit, you did hit him up in the chat as well, but this is kind of like, a, you know, the we're waiting the Caddyshack, like, come on, Uda, we're here to help you, but we just need a little bit from you. All right, so that's Sutton. Let's move to Patrick now, who, due to circumstance and bodies being out, has definitely inserted himself into this passing game. But again, it goes back to the game script. A little bit more of a manageable number for a guy who at least we've seen be downfield, the recipient of some bigger throws, but still 55 and a half receiving yards is not a gimme by any means. The receptions may jump out at you at only three and a half. Either of those numbers work. Three and a half is very close to our projection. We have Tim Patrick project for 3.5, three catches. That's a number I wouldn't have much interest in. As for the receiving yards, once again, just correlating it with the under on Teddy Bridgewater and that we'd like this game to be lower scoring. We have Tim Patrick projected for 48.6 receiving yards. Not a massive amount of value relative to what the line is, but... Getting him and his under in there correlates with the under for Teddy Bridgewater. And we do have this number hitting, you know, uh, close to 60% of the time. So with that in mind, I do think the under for Tim Patrick on the receiving yards is a much more favorable look than the over. Uh, but the, the catches, I would probably stay away from. That's, that's a little bit too efficient. How wide of a gap, just to go back to the receiving yards, do you see it? And just to try to gauge the level of confidence is 
this higher up, more of a, a six to five point play? Or are you looking at this more as a three to one type? No, this is like a two or a three. Uh, I think we look at, at Tim Patrick. Also, with some of these ancillary receiving options we get to, once, once you're looking at you know receiving numbers in the 50s, it, it only takes one big play to hit the over, and that's always something yeah. that's, that gets a little bit dicey. That and we have the line being projected as fairly efficient in our projections. So it's certainly one that we kind of have to include in some of our lines we're building over at No House Advantage just from the lack of players that are, that are available to us on the slate. Uh, but it, it's only a very slight lean towards the under on the receiving yards. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button, please, if you haven't already. We see some people popped in here. Make sure you're subscribed as well to our awesome channels across the board. And Udo, we're going to hit you up with an answer. We just need to know which of the many Williams you're referencing there, by all means. Speaking of you only need one to hit the over on your receiving prop, let's finish out Denver's wide receivers, Greg, with John Brown. He sits at 30 and a half receiving yards off just two and a half receptions. But again, the big play capability, just how likely it is that he'll get that ball downfield. Uh, can, you, can you read that number to me one more time? Yeah, what was the 30 exact and, number? Sure. 30 and a half receiving yards, two and a half receptions. Man, those are so close to what the numbers we have projected for him are that it's really hard for me to feel either way. I'd say that's probably going to be a pass for me, even though we have to take most of the players here. It's not like we have to pick 100% of them. So, uh, and also that receiving our number 30 and a half, like you said, potential for the big play. All it takes, you know, is one pass downfield to break it. So I, I would say this is going to be a pass for me. And I would, I feel better about all the other players we've brought up so far. So what's interesting is that it's not even a, and I know you only have seven slots, so we're not in the business of wasting or throwaway at all, but I was wondering whether or not you would go over the 30 and a half as like a one point play, just because if in fact Brown gets a ball thrown his way, there's a pretty good chance it could go for over 30 and a half. But knowing that we have a couple of other guys, including Beckham, Staying away from it makes sense as well. I'm not trying to push you into a pick. I promise. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd prefer. I mean, once again, if you have to take the aside on on any of these, it would be on the it would be on the under just because it kind of correlates with the lineups we have here. Uh, but once again, it's not uh, it's not something that I that I love. Odell Beckham, and we have to factor in that it's Case Keenum, who's not brutal. By any means, I think Kevin Stefanski, the coach there, is going to know the limitations of Case Keenum. He's not going to be asked to drop back and throw the ball 60 times by any means. But this is definitely going to impact how we read, especially wide receivers. Odell Beckham, Greg, 60 and a half receiving yards, four and a half receptions. Receiving yards, maybe because of the QB situation, seems a little high. But receptions might be workable. Just the fact that Keenum's got to throw it to somebody. Yeah, and, and don't forget also that we could see a lot of screen passes that go to Beckham just in the attempt of, hey, let's get the ball in the hands of one of the best available playmakers we have with so many guys out for us. So uh, we do have, the, the, we do have the, the catches projected to be under, but it's not something that I would really go towards just for the fear of, hey, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Browns say, you know, we're going to do on the first couple of plays of the game, screen pass go to Beckham just to get the ball in his hands. Uh, but the under for reception yards, that really makes sense to me. If you just think of it from a value standpoint, this number was set under the assumption that Baker Mayfield was going to be the quarterback for the Browns. He's not. They're going to Case Keenum. That is a, a significant downgrade. Now, I know that a lot of people have brought up 
the bad chemistry that Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield seem to have on the field over the course of the last couple of years with Odell Beckham in Cleveland. But even with that aside, maybe, maybe the chemistry isn't ideal. It's still better for Odell Beckham to be playing with Baker Mayfield as his quarterback than it is to have Case Keenum as his quarterback. So I think the under for the passing yards here makes a whole lot of sense. All right, let's hit Rashard Higgins, and then Uda actually has the correct Williams for you if you want to respond to that as well. Higgins a little bit lower, but again, I, I love the point that you raised, which maybe a lot of people, especially if you're just popping it now, don't realize, which is these numbers are set with Baker Mayfield out there, not Case Keenum. Rashard Higgins, 40 and a half receiving yards, two and a half receptions, Greg. So once again, the receptions, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable going with the under or the over on that number. We haven't projected slightly below, but once again, it's a very low total. It doesn't take very much to get to, to three receptions. We haven't projected for 2.07, but the receiving yards, once again, it's, it's, it's the same. This is going to sound you know kind of annoying or broken record to some people, but it's the same <laughs> exact logic to every single right. one of these plays. The same reason I like the under on Rashard Higgins, the same reason I like the under on Odell Beckham Jr., we had a change in quarterbacks. The line was set, assuming that Baker Mayfield was going to be the quarterback. This isn't like a typical sports book where the line just moved based on information. The lines are set in stone once they're created. And with that in mind, the line is just wrong on Rashard Higgins. It's the equivalent of a stale number that you would see on a sports book. So I think the under for Rashard Higgins here makes a whole lot of sense because that number is 10 to 15 yards too high. Final couple of minutes will end on the three tight ends available. One on Denver, two on Cleveland. Noah Fant here, 50 and a half receiving yards, four and a half receptions. You mentioned Teddy Bridgewater struggles as of recent, but still a key target in this offense. 50 and a half receiving yards, four and a half receptions. Any maneuverability there for you? Those are those are very accurate lines. It's very close to what we have once again projected for Noah Font. So we have for 4.47. Uh yeah, 4.47 receptions. Okay. Also receiving yards right around in line with them. So there's a whole bunch of unders here that we've already said we like for the Broncos receivers. And I, I don't really feel strongly enough to want to go to Noah Font. If you look at his numbers so far this year, he's coming off his best game of the season. He had 11 targets, caught nine of them for 97 yards last week. It was also a game, very positive game script for the passing game, considering that the Broncos got down by so much in that game and just he faced a lot of soft coverage in the second half uh, when they were forced to throw the ball. But some games before them, three catches, 40 yards, six catches, 46, two for 15, four for 33. Once again, if I had to pick a side, it would be the under for the receiving yards. But I think these are really efficient lines. I'm going to be trying to look elsewhere where I can uh, to pick some other props for, for instead of Noah Font. Yeah, I, I would feel the same exact way you said on going over the receptions, only because two of the last three games you've seen the targets go up there. But it doesn't feel like there's a great window to work by any means. So let's look at the final two tight ends. Austin Hooper, 25 and a half receiving yards, two and a half receptions. Uh, give me the under for, for Austin Hooper in terms of, uh, in terms of receptions, it's, uh, I, I think some that considers now we have Odell Beckham being slightly healthier. He missed time at the beginning of the year. We're also getting Jarvis Landry potentially back tomorrow. So give me the under for Austin Hooper's, uh, receptions. We also have David Njoku, who's going to be playing a tight yeah. end and getting some of the, and getting some of the looks there overall for the season. Only 12 receptions for Austin Hooper the last three games. One catch, one catch, two catches. And then you also consider that we are getting a slightly healthier group of Browns receivers. So give me the under on the receptions for Austin Hooper. 
You mentioned Njoku there. Two of the last three games, only two targets. Now, granted, it blew up in that Chargers game. 30 and a half receiving yards, just two and a half receptions. And again, we factor in that it's Case Keenum and not Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and once again, give me the under for David Njoku's receptions. Once again, same thing. We're getting more options in Cleveland's offense for this for this week. We have uh, we have Odell Beckham, who should seemingly be healthier, and then we've also got Case Keenum, like you said, at quarterback instead of Baker Mayfield. Like you said, the overall receptions for for David Njoku and his amount of targets, they've been pretty variant from week to week, and it's hard to count on him for volume. So if he's going to go over, it's probably going to be way over. But the the amount of times where this is just we're just looking at as a 50-50 proposition, we want to be over or under. You know, I wanna I wanna take the under, which I think he hits more often than not, even if when he does hit the over, it could be something for you know like 70 or 80 receiving yards on five or six catches. All right, my friend, we nailed it. We are fully prepared. Everyone else out there as well for a Mayfield Chubb hunt less. Thursday night football, but don't blame us because you now have a great slate to build and win some money on No House Advantage. Use our promo code up to $25. We'll match it on your first deposit. Awesome. A-W-E-S-E-M-O. Hit that thumbs up button. Smash away. Make sure you're subscribed as well. At G Ehrenberg DFS on Twitter at Shander Show for me. Thanks to Tyler. Thanks to No House Advantage. Have a great night.